Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Here is Jesus' lifestyle. We're, we're uh, near the end of it and uh, we've been looking at the words of Jesus out of Matthew chapter 5 through to Matthew chapter 7, looking at what Jesus speaks to us about how we are meant to live. And this morning we're so glad if you are visiting, so glad that you've made the choice to come and worship with us. Our prayer today for you, for all of us this morning, is that you'd receive something from the Word of God as we share it this morning. Amen. Now Jesus spoke in these chapters in depth about how we should live and what sort of lifestyle we should live. And this morning um, um, the, 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 the message topic is um, responding to the most challenging words ever spoken. That's the topic this morning, responding to the most challenging words ever spoken. And we're going to jump into it in a couple of minutes time. But the question I wanted to ask again for each of us, where do we draw most of our thoughts about our lifestyle, how we are to live, how much money we should spend on ourselves and our family? Um, where, where do we draw most of our thoughts about lifestyle? Well, I would say without exception today, most people and maybe many of us in this building as well, draw a lot of thoughts about how we are meant to live in our lifestyle through the media, through the television, um, through magazines, etc. We can, we can be uh, affected by what the world says as to how we are to live. But I believe that we are meant to go to the Word of God and draw our thoughts about our lifestyle from the Word of God. Amen? In fact, when you think about culture, our culture today is so obsessed about our lifestyle. You know, buy this and I'll feel good. Uh, buy this and I will look better. I've often thought about maybe a, uh, 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 what do you call it? Not a wig, but you know, something like that. I wonder sometimes what I'd look like with hair. I do. Maybe someone can take a photo and put some hair on me. No, don't do that. I'm only just kidding. Uh, buy this and I will be happy. I was happy when I bought our boat about a year ago or two. You know, who's, who's bought something and thought that's the key to being happy and found out six months later that you weren't happy anymore? I'm the only one. All right, I'll just move on. But our culture is obsessed with lifestyle. It's, it's all about me. It's such a me-saturated, self-pronouncing uh, culture that we live in. But I want to say this this morning as Christians... We have to be so careful that we don't get caught up in the world's projection of lifestyle and how we should live. But we should continually remind ourselves that we are owners of nothing and stewards of everything that God has entrusted to us. Hello? We are owners of nothing but stewards of everything that God has entrusted to us. So today I want to look at the most challenging words that have ever been spoken. and We're going to pick them up out of Matthew chapter 7, if you've got your Bibles there, starting in verse 7. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. It will be up on the screen there for you as well. But listen to the words of Jesus this morning. Great encouragement. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Don't you love that? Amen. You do it in faith and you do it with persistency. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you not give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? That's the sort of Father that we serve. Amen. Abba Father. Daddy God. 
But here, right now, we find the most challenging words that have ever been spoken. Verse 12, this is what Jesus says out of his mouth. He says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. These would have to be the most challenging words ever spoken. Listen, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. It's interesting, this section of the Sermon on the Mount sums up not only the sermon itself, but also the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses, and all the ethical teachings of the Bible are summed up in this one commandment. That is truly astounding. Everything is summed up in this one commandment. Everything that God requires of us, every law within the Scripture, all the commandments of God are all fulfilled within this one commandment, this one command that He gives us, do to others what you would like them to do to you. Do you do that? Sometimes I don't do that on the road, seriously. Someone cuts in front of me. You know, I'm supposed to say, bless him in Jesus' name. Sometimes I don't do that. Um, you can be out and someone's behavior may not sort of line up with, with what you're expecting. And sometimes the old person can arc up a little bit. Anyone else out there like that? Uh, Robin and I are sharing this message together this morning. Everyone else is excluded because you're all perfect, right? No. But Jesus said, do to others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. These have got to be some of the most challenging things that Jesus ever said. This statement would be the most challenging words Jesus spoke and would be the best known statement that Jesus made. It's a statement still quoted by people everywhere around the world today. Every culture and every religion uses and will state these words. In fact, in the early church's time, it said that Emperor Alexander Service had it written in gold on the walls of the public buildings. You'd go into the public buildings and that statement was up there written in gold. That's why it's become known as the golden rule. And what an amazing rule it is too, amen? Why not imagine, just for a moment, a world where people live like this? Imagine, <laughs> imagine if a church lived like this. Amen? Hallelujah. People say, you know, I'm looking for the perfect church and they, they find what they think is the perfect church, but the problem is when they arrive, it's no longer perfect. <laughs> I'm the only one laughing at that. I thought that was sort of funny. <laughs> you get me though? But imagine if a church just lived like that. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, this is how Jesus calls us to live. This is the standard that he has set for us as his followers. Amen. Jesus was the first to formulate this rule positively. But the negative says, this is what the negative says, I won't do anyone any harm. The problem with that and that thought is this. It can allow us to be inactive. Listen to a couple of other negative takes on that. Confucius said, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. Or the Stoics taught, what you do not wish to be done to you, do not do to anyone else. But listen to this thought this morning. As followers of Jesus, we are called to something higher. We've been called uh, to say, not only I won't do any harm to anyone, but I will go out of my way to help other people. 
As a follower of Jesus, we've been called not to harm anyone, but we've been also called to go out of our way to help others. Amen. For many Christians, we look at these words and we can think all we need to do is to be good. We should be. And for many Christians, we can justify inactivity in helping others because we're so focused on being good. I haven't hurt anyone. I haven't lied anyone. I'm a good person. But too many people, too many believers focus on just being rather than the doing side of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Do. What's that mean? Do. Do unto others. Be active. Don't just focus on being. There's nothing wrong with just being. But if our being leads, leads us to no doing, then I think God's got a problem with that. But the words of Jesus call us to do good, to be active in helping other people, loving people, caring for them, meeting the needs of those around us. Our mantra as a Christian should be, see a need, fill a need. Why do we need a little, little robot from robots to teach us that? Amen. You're all quiet this morning in this. Don't know what to call us. Amen. We get it. See a need, meet a need. You know, last night, and, and this is for, I don't know, I felt God was speaking to me in a number of areas of my walk with Him. But last night, I was, I was just early this morning, you know, when you wake and you're tired and you go to sleep and you wake again. This is just separate to the message, but I really felt that God wanted to challenge um, some people here this morning. Um, I got the word complacent, that people have become complacent in their walk with God. Another word was like comfortable, just going through the motions. You know, coming to church is awesome on a Sunday. Never stop doing it. Look, Dave's got his Bible open in the right spot. It's awesome, bro. He's a good Baptist boy. He's a Bapticostal. Bapticostal. There are people that God is wanting to use us to reach for him. But if our faith is just about what we do here on a Sunday, then we're missing it. And I don't know, but there are people here today that are, that are comfortable and complacent. God wants to stir you out of that today. Amen? wants to shake you out of your comfort. For me, there was a couple of areas, but for others this morning as well, just complacent, complacent, comfortable. He wants to shake us out of that in Jesus' name. Amen? So this morning, just looking, I wanted to just to take a couple of moments to look at the life of Jesus. There's a scripture that God gave us 10 years ago um, for the local church here. And it, it just highlights again how Jesus lived and how we are meant to live as well. Because uh, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Woo! Don't you love that? But listen to what it says who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Don't you love that there? Jesus was anointed by God. We're anointed by God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus was, was anointed to heal the sick and let the oppressed go free. We are as well. Amen. But I love the thought there that says that he went about also doing good. Are you doing good? Who are you doing good to? Are you doing good this morning? Are you, are you ex, exp, expressing your faith not only by your words, by your actions? Amen. I love what Francis Assisi says, wherever you go, preach the gospel. And if you have to use words, do so. Beloved there, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, but went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Jesus modeled a life for us, not just a life of a being, but a life of doing, loving people through his actions. And that's how we're called to live as well. You know, if you read the scriptures, and uh, you should, but if you read the scriptures, you'll find in the Gospels, where would you find Jesus on a Sunday? In the, in the church, amen. On Sunday, you'd find him in the church, but where would you find him in mon on Monday? On Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, where would you find Jesus after Sunday? You'd find Jesus in the community with people doing good in whatever way that looked. In fact, he was so criticized by the religious people in Luke chapter 15, verse 2, he was criticized because he actively welcomed and helped out the poor, the needy, and the sinners. The religious people criticized him on that one point there. But on Sunday, you would find Jesus in the temple, putting up his hands, worshiping his Father. Amen. We should do that as well on Sunday. Come into the house of God and worship God. Amen. As we were, oh, glory to God. As we worship God, as you start to just surrender your heart and focus on God, guess what? All that flipping stuff that's happened during the week, said it again, flipping heck. All that stuff that's happened during the week when you focus on God and you worship Him, guess what takes place? It all washes off. It all washes off. But often people just can't make that, 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 that shift. Just get in here and tell the devil to go away in Jesus' name. Come into the house of God on Sunday, worship God. Minds get changed, thoughts get changed, stuff just starts to happen. You gear up your family for the rest of the week because you're in the house of God. But then on Monday, our hands are meant to be out. Serving, caring, reaching out. What did Jesus do? Sunday, his hands were up. Monday, his hands were where? Serving, caring. Hallelujah. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Don't focus just on being, but focus also on doing. Amen? Look at Matthew chapter 1 through to 5. gives us a bit of an idea of, of Jesus' lifestyle. Um, in chapter 1, we see that he was not born in a church, but he's born in a stable. In chapter 2, we see that, he's, that he lives not in a convent, but he lives in a village called Nazareth. In chapter 3, we see Jesus was confirmed as Christ by John the Baptist in the wilderness. In chapter 4, we see that Jesus is tested in the wilderness. In chapter 5, we see that Jesus preaches his greatest message, not in a church, but on a hilltop. Amen. We've been called by God, not just to be, but to do as well. Amen. To do as well. Who are you helping? Who are you reaching out to? Who are you 
from, from Sunday where you get touched by God and refreshing? Who are you during the week uh, reaching out to, saying, here I am to serve, to help, amen. Do unto others as they would have them do unto you, amen. We do before we even need to, amen. We do unto others. In Matthew, <clears throat> in Matthew 15 chapters on, after Matthew chapter 7, Jesus paints this picture again, but he does it in a, a little bit different way. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40, the picture is the religious people of his time are trying to set him up. The Pharisees and Sadducees are trying to cause him to stumble in word. And um, one of them comes to him and asks him a question about what is the greatest command. So I wanted to bring it to your attention as we get ready to conclude this morning. Matthew chapter 22, 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Hallelujah. But then he says something again that's incredibly difficult to grasp and even more difficult to fulfill. Listen to what he says. He said, This is the first and the great commandment. And then he goes on. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. Jesus says to this religious man, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, you will fulfill every requirement that is written within this book. Isn't that so flippin' easy? And yet so incredibly difficult. He makes it sound like it's just so easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know what I've discovered? Sometimes Christians can't love other Christians, let alone their neighbors. The word there, love, you shall love the Lord your God, you shall love your neighbor. I had a little look at that and the definition of it. The love there in both instances is the same definition, has the same meaning attached to it. Okay? So how we are to love God is the same way that we are to love other people. Uh-huh, that's... that's but have a listen to the definition of it this morning because it's quite, quite startling. The word love here, used both times, is defined as agape love. It's the highest form, the highest definition of the word love within the Scriptures. There's four definitions to the word love, but agape has the highest meaning to it, has the highest call to it, has the highest stretched to it, I guess you'd say. Because this word agape, it's defined as being selfless. Dash. <laughs> selfless. Think of my old mother. She's a classic. Old Louise, 82, maybe 83. She would be the most selfless person I know. Incredible. Not me though. 
getting there. Selfless, it's also defined as sacrificial. And lastly, it's defined as unconditional. So I'm meant to love God with a selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. And then he's calling me to love others, to love my neighbor, to love my church, to love the members of the church in which I'm a part of with a selfless, selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Come on, we can do that. Can't we? Yeah. Wendy knows I'm far from perfect. The 10 years. <laughs> but imagine if we just, we just get this. Do unto others. Rather than just focusing on being, we look at how we can start to, to do. Hands up Sunday. Amen. Hands out Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Love the Lord your God like that, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just incredible. This is the love that God has called us to love others with. The truth is that we are called to love each other with the same love that we have for God. And I just wonder, as we get that, and as we do that, and as we say, well, God, help us with that, I wonder what sort of a witness that is to the world and the world we live in that is so starved of love. Amen? If I could just have the worship team, that would be appreciated. Hallelujah. I wrote, um, uh, I wrote something down here, um, and, it, and it's this. It says, the truth is that we are here on earth to do good to others. Not just focusing on being, you know, I haven't hurt anyone, I haven't done anything wrong. Haven't lied, stolen, haven't hurt people. No, no, let's be, but we're called to do. Who can I help? Who can I reach out to? This week, where are people that are in need that I could just bless in some way? That's what he's called us to. So the truth is we are here on earth to do good to others. Now listen to this scripture this morning. You've probably heard it a hundred times, but listen to it a hundred and one. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What have you been prepared for? What have you been focused for? What have you been shaped for? What have you been made for? Just to consume? Just to prepare for retirement and die? No, you've been created to do good works, amen. God wants you and I to discover what those good works are and then walk in them, amen. Not to think that this life that I live is all about me and mine and my family. No, there's a bigger world that God's wanting us to go out and to reach and to love and to heal in Jesus' name. Not just focus on being, but doing. You know, sometimes we, 
with people. We may not know what to say, and that's okay. But why not let our actions do the speaking? Amen? Preach the gospel everywhere, and if you have to use words, can we just bow our heads? Who could you be helping right now? That's the question I felt the Holy Ghost was prompting us to. Number one, who could you be helping right now? In your workplace, your neighbors, someone that you know that's unwell, someone within your family you might have strained relationships with. God's calling you to love them. He's calling you selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Pharisees tried to be smart again and they said to Jesus, well, who, is, who are our neighbours? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. Everyone's our neighbour. Wherever we are, they're our neighbours. Not just the people that we live next to, they're, they're our neighbours, but everybody's to be viewed as a neighbour. Second thought I felt that he wanted to ask us this morning is what need do you see that you can meet? Who could you be helping right now? Secondly, what need do you see that you can meet? Glory to God. Holy Spirit. We so bless you. The Holy Spirit is touching hearts and lives right now. He's speaking to you. Let him speak to you this morning. There are people that he's wanting you to love. He's wanting to love people. He's wanting to pour out his love on people. Guess what, church? He's chosen us to do it. Mere mortals. Human flesh. God has called us to be the vessels and the channels of his love to the world that we live in. He's wanting to love the world. But he's calling us to surrender ourselves to that selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. Love is a choice that we make. Right now, why don't you just choose? Say, God, I'm going to love that person. Rather than just being, I'm going to commit to doing, Lord. While every head's bowed and eyes closed. It's that word this morning about being complacent. Allowing yourself to become comfortable in your walk with God. If you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you today and you're saying, God, yeah, no, I've just been getting complacent, getting a little bit comfortable, but I know, Lord, that you're wanting me to step out to be used as the vessel that you called me to while every head's bowed and eyes closed. Would you raise your hand to heaven this morning? Not to anyone else, but to God. Thank you. Others this morning as well. Just raise your hand to God. Say, God, thank you. Thank you. God, we just respond to you today in faith. We respond to you today. Hallelujah, we do. Hallelujah. Lord, as we just sit here and stand before you, thank you, you've called us. I pray right now for every person that's responding, for those that know they need to. Lord, Help us to shake off the complacency, to shake off the sense of comfort that this is about me. No, it's about others. So right now, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing that you declare breaks the yoke. I thank you over hearts and minds in Jesus' mighty name. Yokes being broken. 
eyes being opened, people seeing the, the path that you have for them, people seeing the people that you're calling them to reach. So I just thank you. I thank you. I thank you. We surrender to you. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.